you're a first time home buyer and you want to know exactly uh, what the processes are and how you can get funding from the government for your property, don't worry, Twiggy's got you covered. What's up everyone, my name is Jujesh. And as you know, I am a principal realtor. I've been in the industry for nine years through sales, developments, rentals, and sectional title management. All right, and today's video is pretty much going to cover the first time home buyers process as well as the FLISP application subsidy. Right, so right off the bat let me start with the most important thing if you're a home buyer and you've never purchased a property before there's a couple of steps that you need to know and a couple of cost factors that come into play apart from the actual home loan itself all right first of all what you're going to need to do is you're going to need to obtain an affordability assessment or what we like to call a pre-approval all right you go to the bank, so it can be your banker, your private banker, a bond originator. Remember, bond originators shop at all the banks to try and get you the best rate possible as well as the best interest rate. Um, and then you go to the bank and they would take the following documents to perform the criteria and affordability check. All right? And those documents are your bank statement, your payslip, as well as checking your credit uh, score. So you'd have to fill in a couple of forms and, you know, after submitting those documents, they would do a check to see the affordability and they basically just look at your credit score. They look at the type of interest that you're going to get as well through the uh, credit bureau. Um, and this would give a pre-approval for you as a client. And this pre-approval will stipulate this is the maximum you can purchase for and the repayments um, if you purchase at a specific price as well as the percentage uh, rate uh, or the interest rate that you might get uh, from the bank. Now remember, pre-approval is not an actual approval. It is still subject to further credit checks upon the final application. So you're going to want to be really, really careful on what you actually purchase in terms of credit from the time you get your pre-approval pre till the time you make the actual uh, application. All right. Then what you're going to want to do is you're going to then want to look for various properties. Now, there's a number of ways in which you can do this. If you, you know, have a very, very good friend, buddy or someone that you trust that's a real estate agent that's very knowledgeable like me, you will then obviously approach this person and ask for advice um, and ask them to represent you as the buyer's agent. Um, and that broker will then obviously look at various properties, look at probably properties that he has or she has on the market and look at other brokers' properties within their office or, you know, in other companies and try and get you the best possible deal. But what you can also do is approach websites like Property24, Private Property, and these websites can, you know, it's, it's endless, it's limitless. You can search for the number of bedrooms you want, the area, the price range, as well as um, whether you want commercial, townhouse, uh, apartments, land, you name it. There's various search criteria. So what happens when you find the property that you want? Okay, the process is quite simple. You find a property that you like, and this could either be a private sale or could be through an agent. And by the way, I do recommend that you always work with an agent. 
uh, that knows what they are doing, that's qualified, because they will break down the legal clauses in the real estate transaction and your offer to purchase. So anyways, you find the property that you like, and then what happens is that you will then put an offer on the table. And this offer will stipulate the uh, price that you're willing to purchase the, the property at. So let's just say you see a property for a million rand and you're only willing to put 950,000 on that property. You can then stipulate that on the offer of the purchase. You write it down, you sign it, you give the seller a period of time to accept that offer. And then the agent or the seller, if it's a private sale, will then look at that offer and either choose to accept or reject the offer. So what are some of the costs uh, involved should you get that offer accepted? So some of the costs that you as a buyer are going to incur is that you have to obviously have a deposit. Now, some banks may give you a 100% bond, um, but your deposit is usually about 10% that you've got to give because the banks will give about a 90% deposit. So just it's all, a, it's all a matter of checking with the bank and seeing whether you get 100% um, or whether it's a 90% deposit, uh, sorry, 90% uh, approval uh, on the property with a 10% deposit. Also, a couple of the other cost factors that you're going to incur is you're going to incur transfer fees. Yes, an attorney will need to obviously transfer the property from the current owner to you. And there's some transfer fees involved in that. And you're going to want to look at those transfer fees. And it's based on the attorneys that you use. Transfer fees vary on the price of property. Transfer duty. Transfer duty is also only applicable for properties over a million at this point. It kind of changes every year. At some point it was 750,000. I think about two years ago it was about 900,000. Now it's a million plus. So if you're buying any property below a million, you won't have to pay transfer duty. But if it's over a million, you'll have to pay transfer duty. And then you have to look at some of the other miscellaneous costs. Um, you would probably need to worry about, uh, you know, maybe some renovation costs. And these are things that you'd look at down the line once you've obviously purchased the property. So those are the major costs that you'll incur as a buyer. But, you know, what about some sort of assistance? I mean, you are a first-time home buyer. You would need some sort of assistance or you probably want some sort of assistance from the government. Now, I know there's a lot of things with regards to the government departments and getting finances and subsidies in place from the government and the process is very long. But needless to say, the FLISP subsidy is there for first-time home buyers. So what does FLISP stand for? What does FLISP stand for? It's basically finance linked subsidy program, right? And what happens is if you fit the criteria, which is earning between three to about 3,000 to 22,000 a month, um, you're over 18 years of age, you have not owned a property before, you may qualify for the FLISP subsidy. The subsidy goes up to about a hundred thousand. It depends on how much you earn. Obviously, the more you earn, the less of a subsidy you'll get, and that's linked to your home loan. So you would need to fill out the FLISP application forms, which would require some details. And then when you submit your offer to purchase to the bank, you would also submit the FLISP 
forms with the bank and their consultants can assist you or the bond originator can assist you. Alternatively, you can email it to Flisp itself. And what will happen is, let's just say you are A and okay for that application and that amount. They will say to you, all right, you've qualified for 50,000. We're gonna put that 50,000 towards the uh, home loan amount. So if your home loan was for a million and you've put, let's just say a 100,000 deposit, and you know, you then gonna, basically have a home loan of a balance of 900,000 you're going to have 50,000 from Flisp and it's going to go towards your 900,000 and it'll give you an outstanding balance of 850,000 which would be your new home loan repayment to pay on so how long can you take a home loan if you take a home loan you can take it for various periods of time you can take a home loan for 20 years sometimes even up to 30 years um, but if you have sufficient funds and you quite uh, maybe you earn well and you can put extra uh, towards your home loan account, that's perfectly fine. That should reduce your installments and reduce the uh, period in which it takes to free up a property. I know some people who earn quite a bit that was able to take a home loan over a five-year period and pay that off, pay a property off in five years. So that's probably one of the best ways um in which you can free off a property now what happens should you not get the flisp subsidy okay first of all it has to be through you know a home loan in order to get flisp uh, secondly if you don't get or if you don't qualify for the subsidy unfortunately there's nothing you can do you can probably try and re uh, submit the application um but nothing can be done about that um, that's why if you are looking for FLISP, it should be a by the way thing and you shouldn't focus on it 100%. Um, also, there's quite like there's some major delays with regards to it. So um, that that's something that's that's you're going to have to like obviously incur. Now, there has been instances where FLISP has come into place after property is registered, uh, maybe after a couple of months. Um, and, you know, that just happens because of the delays with the department. What you're going to want to then do is you need to obviously uh, ensure that when you've purchased your property and you're paying off your home loan, um, there's some other factors that you need to take into account. Take into account that this is a commitment for a long period of time. 20 to 30 years is not something that is just going to, you know, you're going to pay off like then and there. You're going to be paying it off for a long period of time. So you're going to want to have uh, some insurance in place. Um, in the event you probably pass away and you need to free off the property. And that's where the bank comes into play. If you don't have sufficient life cover that can be seeded, and when I mean seeded, um, give you an example. You have life cover for 5 million, you purchase a property for a million rand. Um, from the 5 million, you have 2 million in outstanding debt. And you know the balance of 3 million is what was going to be paid out to your beneficiaries. Um, you can seed uh, the balance of that. So like the three from the three million, you could seed like a million to your property uh, to pay the property off. Um, so that becomes freed off. If you don't have sufficient life cover, the bank will assist you with that or your uh, financial advisor would assist you with the life cover that you need to obviously pay off the property in the event of a death. Um, and that's, that's very important because in the event you pass on, the property is freed off. What happens if you lose your house? 
So if you lose um, the property, remember there's a period in which you lose the property. Let's just say you couldn't pay um, the, the repayments or you struggle. Uh, they would obviously see that you've missed some payments and then they'd issue demand letters and it'll go all the way uh, through a process where they try to sell it and eventually auction it off. But in that case, you do have time to try and sell the property, um, you know, should you not be able to make the repayments. And that's basically the process and some of the uh, fees that you might incur. Remember, it all varies depending on the type of property you're purchasing, basically your area, the attorneys that you're using. Uh, when you get the FLISP subsidy, it depends on how much you're earning and as well as the interest rate. So these factors, uh, you know, play a lot. And um, one thing to note is always keep your credit in good standing. Always keep your accounts up to date uh, because when applying for a home loan, they will look at various credit channels. Well, thank you to everyone that watched this video. I hope it helps. Please do like, share and subscribe to my channel where I'll be explaining more and giving more information. Thank you so much, everyone. And Luigi, we'll see you in the next video.